Welcome to Happy Mindset, episode 116. Today's episode is called Defining Genius. Today I'm going to talk around the word genius. This is to shed some light around how this word has evolved in my mind over time. I'll just talk about how I used to perceive the word genius and how I've grown to perceive the word genius now as well. I'll start off just by a definition I found of the word genius. Just one definition I found. Exceptional intellectual or creative power or other natural ability. So that's the modern day definition I found. Then I looked a little bit at etymology. I like looking at the etymology of words because it gives you a better idea of where the word originated to begin with and what it was actually associated with. So after looking that up, then I was looking at it that and it came from ancient Rome. The Romans believed that all people had a guiding spirit that attended them throughout their lives. Because the spirit was born with a person, it was called a genius. From the Latin verb gignere, meaning to give birth or bring forth, which also happens to be the root of the word generate. So I like the etymology of that word because it it helps to hit home at genius being a natural, normal phenomenon that can be brought forth from an individual rather than it being something that you seek to obtain, a perception you seek to obtain. So let's talk around how I used to perceive the word genius when it was thrown about and how I think about it today now. So when I started off, I guess the first time I was introduced to the word genius was in school when people would call somebody a genius for being really intelligent or really smart, seemed to grasp things really quickly. So when I was looking at that, I guess when I was younger, I did consider myself quite smart. I excelled, I excelled quite a bit, especially in primary school. It was when I went to secondary school and things got a bit more... I exposed a lot of self-doubts crept into my mind more and stuff that my grades gradually, they never went really bad, but they kind of went a bit more average than they were in primary school. But when I was in the school, like words like smart and stuff, what I found was that they didn't really, they weren't really that helpful for me. What tended to happen was that when I associated myself as being smart, I was more likely not to try things too much because I didn't want that idea of myself to be broken in any way. I think that's a trap that a lot of people can fall into too. And it stops you from risking things and from failing. Because when you fail at things, in you, you in your own mind, it's hard to consider yourself as a smart person or a genius when that's your definition. It's, it's tied into the intellect and admiration as well as another thing it's tied into, the admiration of other people, the perception of other people. So then you get lost into the perception of other people. So it's a very, very slippery slope when you... When you look at genius as being tied into how other people perceive you, that that's one of the main benefits to being seen as a genius is that other people seem to give you attention and appreciate that. That's not also true either. A lot of people will resent you for for being smart or for being some sort of genius person in that definition of it. So overall, for the person who isn't who is considered a genius or smart, it's not a great experience. As well, I've also been in the other spectrum where I just consider myself average and when I considered myself average and I did want to be smarter, it was like rushing. So what I was tending to do when I wanted to become smart again, because I wasn't perceiving myself as smart for quite a while again. So when I wanted to be perceived as smart again, what I was tending to do was was value the perception of other people again. And it was, I was focusing on things, trying to get smart at a lot of different things that sometimes mine may not have been aligned and it wasn't a great thing that I enjoyed doing. Again, I was reluctant to fail at things and that actually slowed the learning cart learning for me. I was quick, actually slower. It was kind of a counter intuitive thing. The less you try and the less you fail, the slower you are at learning in the real world. 
So both sides of that perception, that definition that I had anyway, that, that was my, I think that's a general cultural thing in the culture. That's a perception of genius. And it seems to be reserved for like one in a hundred, one in a thousand, those types of figures. And then you try and rush to be the genius or you feel kind of stupid if you're not the person who is perceived that way. But anyway, it's a minefield either way, whether you're the person who's considered smart or a genius or this person who's considered average or the person who's considered dumb. It's a minefield. Nobody comes out a winner in the long term anyway with your own self-image and perception, your mental health. What I've learned over the years, though, is coming back to the basics, coming back to the roots of the word. Genius being something innate, something that comes out from within. Even the word to educate, educare, I think it's, it's either Latin or Greek. I think it's Latin, educare be Latin. So again, that came from to draw out from within. So an educator is somebody who draws out whatever's within you already. I think even when I was listening about stoicism, no, not stoicism, uh, not stoicism, what the hell's his name? Socrates. I think that was one thing he, that was one of the things he used to do as well, was like draw out the knowledge from within. He, that's the Socratic method. He'd ask questions. So he'd keep asking questions. And he, what he's doing is that he's drawing out the answers from within the person by asking intentional questions. So when I come back to that, come back to the basics, come back to the etymology of the word, genius comes, becomes a normal thing. It's a normalized thing that you no longer chase after, that you want to identify with. You're no, you're no longer bothered whether people see you as smart or a genius or dumb or whatever, because it's not really relevant anymore. Genius then becomes more about tapping into the things you're naturally drawn to, tapping into your voice, tapping into self-expression. These are things that anybody can do, so everybody can be a genius. That's the that's the thing. It's, and it's not rhetoric. It's really an understanding of this word and, and the implications of looking within for genius rather than seeking outwards for the perception of genius. So that's the the main intention of this episode is to loosen the grip around this word, is to break it down. Because any word that you identify with is never a great thing. So when you can start looking at the word, looking at the origins of the word, looking at what it actually means, looking at how it can point you in the right direction, then we can change these things that can be blocking otherwise. It helps you to give you the courage as well and the faith and the knowledge that everybody's got powers within them. And it's not something that comes easy either because of the culture we live in and people. A lot of people have their own ideas about how you should be. Maybe family, education, religion, all these institutions. They have these ideas of how you should be. So bringing forth the genius within isn't a hard, isn't a very easy thing. But because you know that it is within you and then it requires work, hard work. Going back to that definition, I think another thing that's assumed in the culture is that genius is like a natural ability. You either have it or you don't, which is bullshit, to be honest, if you're looking at genius in the right way. So my belief, my understanding, even tracing it back to the etymology of this word, is that there is, there are things within you that you are naturally good at. They're your gifts. But they need to be uncovered because a lot of dog shit over them of like what you believed about yourself. So it's my understanding there are things within you, capacities, natural things that that you are good at. But they need to be cultivated as well. Even coming to brain science here, what helped me to understand about brain science, simple brain science, was that 
The reason I'm not really good at something to begin with, even if I would consider that I've got a natural flair for it, is because I haven't developed uh, neural pathways in my brain. It's a simple physical thing. And the reason I haven't developed them is because I haven't practiced them enough, I haven't failed enough, I haven't got enough feedback, enough experiential learning for it to flow. So that's where the practice, repetition, deliberate practice, that's a key distinction. No point in practicing something if you're not changing things and taking on feedback and adjusting. That's just the definition of an insanity, like expecting a different result with the same thing you're doing over and over again. Deliberate practice is a level up from that. And that also requires that self-image of not considering yourself anything, realizing that learning, true learning comes from feedback, practice, work ethic. Another thing I guess is the emotional labor and more of a heartfelt experience. When I was looking at the definition of genius, I only ever considered, I'm surprised it even said creative outlet in that definition. I always considered genius with the intellect. I never considered the heart. And I think the heart unlocks your true genius. Like when you start doing emotional labor, putting your feeling, putting your real thoughts and beliefs onto paper, onto whatever medium you're, you're broadcasting from. That's the, the true essence of it for me. And that's, I didn't consider that in the standard definition. I always considered it as like a quick intellect. And, and as well, this, this, this implied kind of superiority as well, I guess, because you've got a sharper intellect. You don't really, you don't really take into consideration the heart, genuine emotion, emotional labor, that there is a superiority complex and inferiority complex that that definition can play off of when you put people along a spectrum like that. So this is all just from experience, to be honest. <laughs> like if I, if I had created a podcast around this before, I would have felt really uncomfortable talking about this stuff. But because it's becoming so natural and so normal to me and just getting rid of the, the bullshit there that, I, that was in my mind, that was blocking me from all this stuff. And it, like you're straining, it's like anything. It's like when you've got a very standard definition of success, you're straining for something that somebody else has defined for you that you might have considered. And this, I guess, is the other intention with this podcast episode. Until you define something, you're kind of grasping at straws. You're grasping at something you don't know what you're grasping at. It's kind of like the the carrot and the stick. You're like that donkey with a carrot in front of you and a stick behind you. And you don't know what you're doing. You just know you want the carrot and you want to get away from the stick <laughs> pretty much. But you have no idea why. You have no idea why you want the carrot or why you don't like the, the stick other than the physical sensations of it. Survival instincts. Well, like... In the Western world today, most of us are lucky enough to have our survival needs met. So it's rethinking the stuff that you can take for granted when you haven't questioned the definition of these words and these perceptions. And I think that's what needs to be done as well now as we are moving forward with technology. The boring monotonous stuff is being more automated, which is freeing us up for more creative thinking and more compassionate work as well. Coaching, I think, is a, an area that there's a lot of um, possibility there as well for true empaths, for true people who are looking to serve the world in a way where we're helping other people, serving them. But again, that's not tied to any concept either. That was, that's what would have blocked me for a long time. And I, I'm still working through this. 
this idea that I'm a kind person for helping somebody else, I think it's actually better coming from filling your cup first. You're actually being just generous with your with your energy and also being wise with it too, that you realize that you have to be in tune with yourself first before you can give to anybody else. So that's another thing that I'm navigating and that comes again from disregarding standard definitions, seeing the nuance, seeing the actual real life experience and informing that in the way I act in the world and the way I speak and stuff as well. So that's, that's something to think about. So just going back to the, the perception I had of genius within the system as well, from I guess from being outside the system, from growing up, from developing into an adult, I'd even look at that understanding as a bit childish now as well, because you can be considered a genius within a system, within a standardized test way of testing. But does that really does that really make you a genius if you're just a genius in that environment, in that standardized way of thinking, that institutionalized way of thinking? The way I would look at genius, true genius, would be t learning to think outside the box which allows you to become an individual, which leads to self-expression, which leads to genuine creativity. So that's why I was surprised as well why creativity was even included in that definition. Because creativity within a system isn't really creativity. I think it's giving you structure for possible creativity so you can draw outside the lines yourself. But like, I guess even with creativity, there's a discipline and a structure to creativity that needs to be there as well in order to have some sort of creativity. It's like, it's like, I think the system will give you the ways of thinking, it'll give you the boundaries, and then you need to formulate things together as individuals and play with things. And that requires a lot of trial and error and effort and a lot of feeling stupid. So that's the paradox. By expressing your genius, it's actually coming a lot of time from going on the other end of the spectrum, feeling stupid, feeling not good enough, feeling unworthy. And then you move beyond those feelings, move beyond those definitions, and that's when things can start clicking and coming together. The other thing I want to come back to is the generate. What was that from? Oh, that was from the etymology of the word to generate. So that's another thing that I find is, is good about that origin of the word to generate. So the way I would consider the word genius would be you're generating something like you're, you're, uh, maybe it's a better word there. Generate. I guess like a generator. You're generating energy. But anyway, you're creating an outlet. You're putting your energy into and expressing it there. You're generating something that can trigger something in other people. Get them to take action. Get them to express their true genius, their true capacity. So it's from that point of view. Generate mightn't have been the great best word for me there. I guess the word I was looking for was more to when you're expressing something, you can also trigger it off in somebody else as well, that they are more willing and less reluctant to, to, to create their own experience as well. Based from, from that, from that initial motivation, from that initial inspiration, from what you're doing. So in that way, it's a, it's a generous, I guess generous is the word I was looking for. It's a generous act. That's what I would trace it to that. And when you think about it in those terms, then it becomes more of like fun. It becomes more interactive, more cooperative, more playful, rather than it being like the other definition, the other part of that definition I would have, or the perception I would have had around the word before would have been, it would be more of like a Scrooge thing where it's just one person who's got all the power. They're not giving it to other people. They're holding it to themselves. 
And again, that's not great for anybody. It doesn't have a sense of community. It's more of a sense of separation between people because we're boxing each other in with different labels and the labels lead to different definitions, lead to different perceptions. And it's all down to like rigid thinking around all this stuff. And the rigid thinking exists in the system and institution that bestow the word genius on a certain individual in that system. Well, yeah, that's a bit of a tangent, but that's that's kind of how that's how I think about all these things. And because I guess I've started questioning this stuff through experience, it just led to me feeling a bit more lighter around this stuff, less rigid and just more willing to to do things, get on with things and create something real in the real world and something meaningful as well, because I'm taking into consideration the heart in my definition of genius Like you can't bring out something from within without going through the heart. Like it doesn't make any that wouldn't make any sense. Like if it was just an intellectual thing, when people, when, like when I generally think of drawing out something from within somebody, it's an emotional experience. It's a heartfelt experience. It's not just purely through the brain. If it was a brain thing, then anybody, you could just give them the information they need and they'd be off to the races, but it doesn't, doesn't work like that. And that's something that you'll find out well, if you're in the real world already, if you're not in the system, you probably found this out already. If you're not in the system, if you're still in the system, what you'll find out is that the information isn't enough. It's not near enough. It's good to learn new things, take in information, but what, the, stick, the stuff that sticks is through experiential learning, through the stuff you're trying out, because there is a lot of, a lot of garbage information out there too as well. So that's something to keep in mind when it gets overwhelming with all the information that's out there. There's a lot of stuff that's not relevant, not essential. Some of it's even garbage. It's not even, doesn't even work. So there's a lot of experimentation through that as well. But anyway, I'm going to leave it there. I talked about this word enough for today. I hope that's been useful, beneficial, just playing around with it, trying to loosen my grip around these things and hoping you to maybe do that too, or even consider it. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. And I will speak to you on the next episode. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to support the podcast, then just head on over to thehappymindset.com. There's a little coffee icon in the bottom right hand corner. You can click on that and show your support for the podcast if that's something you want to do. Another thing you can do is to click on the blog if you go to the website or go to medium.com. I'm blogging more these days, just doing some doing daily posts at the moment. We'll see how long I'll keep that up for. I'm enjoying it, but I'm sharing my thoughts daily. So if you're finding the podcast a benefit, then you might find the blog post a benefit as well. And then lastly, my book is on that website as well, Taking My Life Back. At the moment, I've got an offer. The Kindle version of the book is free up until Tuesday. What date is Tuesday? Tuesday, the 18th of August. Yeah. So it's free on Kindle up until then. So if you go on the website, happymindset.com, there's a book section there where you can get the book. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. And I will speak to you soon.